oh, please help me. You're so tall and I'm so short. And he looked at me dead in the eyes and went, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's Girls Talk Comics (laughs) with Aaron, your master of mediocrity. Here with a surprise guest, like, not to call out a friend, but we had a, like, very last minute cancellation, which is totally fine. And then I actually had a really fucking awesome nerdy friend come into town to visit me for the first time in four years. And so, like, serendipity in a way. (laughs) Anyway, it's Alex. Hey, Alex. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Don't worry about the listeners. Okay. That's good, because I've never been on a podcast before. Welcome. We're super casual here. (laughs) Um, You and I are still celebrating my birthday. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, which by the time this episode is published, it'll be like a week or so after my birthday, <laughs> which is fine. But I guess I'm going to tell you about you. Okay. I mean, that we, works. We kind of talked about it beforehand. That works because I don't know who I am. Yeah. You're Alex. <laughs> uh, you and I went to college together. Yes. And um, I took a 53 hour train ride to hang out with you in the country of Russia. Yep. Uh, which was phenomenal. I mean, I will never do the train ride experience again on my yeah. own in a foreign country. Um, I'm honestly impressed because when I took that same train ride, I definitely had to be camouflaged by the Russians I was with because they kept pulling people off the train to check their documents. They just come on the train with dogs and just like take a couple people off. Oh, yeah. I, n- I never saw that. They actually brought me snacks because I never left my bed because I was so terrified. Ah, well. And like somebody bought my sheets for me because I had no idea what was going on and looked absolutely panicked. And yeah. because I am a small white woman with very bright blonde hair, they're like, oh, pity her. <laughs> I still have the tea towel I was given by one of the women who worked on the train. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good time. Russians can be counted on for hospitality. It was like so polite of them. My ride back wasn't as nice because somebody, I knew somebody was making fun of me for never getting like up. But I don't know. I didn't know train etiquette. We don't have that transportation here, really. So it's basically it's like a dorm. Basically, you get on the train, and then you're the people with beds next to you are kind of your neighbors. Mm -hmm. And the etiquette is that the people on the bottom bunk will fold their beds up during the day, and everybody sits on those, and you know has tea and plays cards and stuff. I did have the top bunk every time. That was nice. I had no responsibility. You gotta make sure. You know, I there's a lot about. Russia and that experience that I wish I could go back and redo. And so if we ever do commit to a Russian travel plan again, like... I have a standing invitation to stay at my former in-laws' dacha. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, Because, like, the group that I studied abroad with was fine. It was full of really great people. Mm -hmm. I didn't click with them very well. Like, one or two of them I did, but, like the way he wanted to party and experience things was not the way that I really wanted to. And then, so it just, it was kind of a disaster, like at some points and then total chicken shit when it came to using the language and really kind of immersing myself. I did have a couple. It's difficult. It is. I got accepted by some like locals. That that was really nice. Some people from Czechoslovakia, I think. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I fucking said it right. I don't Czech Republic. I don't fucking know. Czechoslovakia hasn't existed for a while. That would be why I didn't know. I was like, that sounds wrong. I'm not. I'm a social worker. (laughs) (laughs) I say that a lot when it comes to. Fuck, I know how to, like, I, I don't want to say manipulate people, but, like, <laughs> manipulate situations. Yeah. Tell, ask me a question about geography or history, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, <sighs> Geography education in the United States is... Dismal. A, abysmal. Yeah. So, rhymes. Yeah. Anyway, so Alex is a nerd um, in more ways than one. Uh, language. That's at least two ways for you yeah. number nerds at home. Uh-huh. You know a lot about like just food and history and geography. I guess we could just like sum that all up in culture, I guess. Definitely maybe more Eastern Europe- European specific. I mean, I'm definitely I'm one of those people who is a helpless sponge for random trivia. That's true. Um, and you also work in a library, don't you? I do. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I hear that about library folk. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the dichotomy between librarians and paraprofessional library personnel. There's a master's degree involved, and as somebody who works in mental health, I know probably what exactly that's like. Yeah. Um, 
it is very much like, oh no, we have to sit upstairs and type on our computer. Will you guys do all the actual stuff that makes the library run? Mm. And that's why we get paid $5 an hour more than you. Which is honestly embarrassing. If you have a master's degree, you should definitely be getting paid more than $5 an hour more than somebody who only has a high school diploma. Um, I think I only get paid 6 to $7 more. I don't want to go into yeah no. because I do enjoy my work for the, uh, reasons other than the paycheck. The but... general state of paychecks in North America. Let's just say I have a competitive wage with uh, GameStop store managers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only just with broke, no guaranteed raises because uh, I had worked at a big box liquor store with a red logo, Ooh. Um, and I only just like in the last couple of years as a full-time union employee for the city only just broke what I would have made as an assistant manager in retail. It's our lives oh, and God. fuck that bullshit. Anyway, I get much better insurance than I think. If oh, I was yeah. A, yeah, and that really, the, the really... it's really make up, make up a lot of the difference. Yeah, so in um, I think the episode that's going to come out before this one, I mm. mentioned like uh, it cost me like a dollar twenty-five every three months for my meds. I've never had meds that what? cheap because of my insurance and the fact that it's the generic version of the meds. It's not fucking like. That's crazy. That is a vending machine snack. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I think about that every time I buy Reese's Pieces at yeah. work. I'm like, huh, this could have been three months worth of meds, but no, it's yeah, just two hundred I mean, and something calories. I I tend to count the cost of my insurance in with my mm-hmm. med cost because like. Sure, my antidepressants only cost me $10 every three months. But I'm also paying $600 a month for the privilege of buying... $10, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I do. I'm not really spending any anything extra on insurance than what's being deducted from my paycheck. Well, so. if it's being deducted, you are spending it. Yeah, I haven't looked at those in a while, and I haven't wanted to because, like... Because it's depressing. It is depressing. And I, I think I'm also considered a city employee. And in this city, they're really, I think, supportive. So That's good. Yeah. I haven't really looked at it a lot because I am in a new position. And I don't want to look at the cost of me versus my income in. And yeah. think about that. Like, at all. <laughs> like, there's no metrics. I'm creating the metrics. And I don't. <laughs> Looking at them, I don't read them yeah. and make decisions, and so I live I, indoors and have one yeah. for comic books. Yeah, like that's it. That's all. That's all I want. Like, oh. Um. Anyway, getting back to more about you, uh, and kind of why you are important to me. Why did I go fifty-three hours across the country, Russia, for you, the tiny subcontinent? It kind of is. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, you got me through the Russian program which, you know, was just a drop in the bucket. You got me through a pretty shitty breakup. Yeah. You got me through tabletop RPG games into that, mm-hmm. and really. And um, you also, so I like to, I think I really mentioned that Sweet Tooth was one of the first comics that mm-hmm. I bought. It, it literally was. I was there when you bought That's it. That's true. But you know what was also one of the first comics I bought? Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, where you yep. and I bought, each of us bought a different yeah, volume. You and... got trade number one, I got trade number two. Mm-hmm. So now I can't reread the series because it starts at two. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I have them here. I think they're on that shelf. In fact, I, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I could also just like get my ass to my friendly local comic book store, but that's that's very fair. I think they reprinted them now that they have the volume three. Well, I'm, I'm hoping like, yeah, the nice the you know three sixteenths inch trades are yeah. fine, mm-hmm. but I really really like the like three quarter of an inch trades. The omnis, yeah, the beautiful things, beautiful things. I actually have. Um, oh my god, is it on my desk? No, it's behind you. The blue book on top of that oh, pin shit. thing. That is uh, the uh, Super Sons. <laughs> that series is super cute. It is so cute. I love their back and forth, and yeah. I like. Damien is my favorite. Oh man, that is a weighty tome. It is, and it's really annoying to read because it definitely has that large book problem where when you turn the first page, it's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> like my binding is too strong. Does it at least have a decent like lay flat binding? It, yeah, when because I yeah. noticed with a lot of the DC hardbacks, some of the splash pages can get lost in the gutter because they don't mm. give adequate space for the realities of holding a physical book. 
I think whenever it's uh, like towards the middle, I mean, it gets better just because the weight, you know, starts to bring down the sides. But yes, you were there. I think you took me to that comic shop for the first time. I did. We were yeah. getting you dice so that you could play in my Pathfinder game. That's right. When people ask what I started with, you know, I did play like Paranoia and Call of mm-hmm. Cthulhu before college. Yeah. Uh, but it took me a little while to figure out that we didn't start with 5e because I think 5e came out <laughs> after we 5e, were playing. Yeah, 5e came out years after that. Like 2014, I think. Yeah. And we, yeah, we were playing Pathfinder and then we were playing Shadowrun. I didn't even remember that you played Shadowrun with that group, but. Yeah, it was nightmarish. We never played much. We got yeah, like one or two sentences. That, was, that senten- was awful. Yeah. Sentences, sessions. And then yeah. the DM was like, no, I'm smarter than you. Like, he legit said that at that one was, point. That was the problem with playing Pathfinder, or not Pathfinder, playing uh, Shadowrun with him. Yeah. He was... was He's uh, so much more in tune with strategic thinking than anybody else that you couldn't outplan him because he would plan like, oh, well, the mercenaries would do this and have a professional level counter-espionage Or plan. he would tell us it was professional yeah. level. He really liked to brag about that. He did. But yeah, you were like the person who got me kind of back into it. And you skipped the best part when was it... I introduced you to your husband. That's true. You did. <laughs> I don't talk about him a lot on the podcast. They uh, well, they know he exists. I used to call him my housemate because <laughs> I wanted like... I don't know. You wanted to preserve that level of anonymity. Yeah. And then I said husband in like an interview episode or something. And I was just like, all right, cat's out of the bag or whatever. It was also really confusing to some people because I would talk about housemate and like one bedroom apartment. And I think some people were like, what the fuck? And then I finally was like, yeah, I'm married, bitches. And they're like, oh, what? (laughs) It's great. Um, But yes, you did introduce me to him. And um, he was absolutely charming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh, that first night that I met them and we went to uh, the grocery store to get snacks and I hit him with those puppy dog eyes and was like, oh, please help me. You're so tall and I'm so short. And he looked at me dead in the eyes and went, fuck you. <laughs> and I knew. I was like, this man must be mine. <laughs> like, oh, man. I missed that because his brother was doing kung fu on me at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let me show you why kung fu is better than judo. I was like, I'm trying to buy snacks. So. Yes. Well, his brother was also trying to show off, which I'm yep. sorry if he listens. I don't think he does. But I, his brother's also handsome and knowledgeable. Yes. And I'm very fond of him. He's Yes. <laughs> But he he was trying to show off Kung Fu. Yes. And he's very much my brother now. It's very nice. Very nice. But yes, he he hit me with that fuck you. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I haven't been told no in a very long time. What what all women really want. (laughs) Fuck yourself. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Now we've been together 10 years. So like, good job. Good recommendation. I did also like run away with him to another state. Yeah. Which he totally, like, accepted, and I was also, like, hanging out with your friends, so I wasn't like, ah, everyone's dead to you, you're stuck here in this state with me, (laughs) like... You shall never escape. We did live apart, and he chose to come up here after that, so that, I have no responsibility for that one. (laughs) Like, I think he's, I think he's cool here. I don't know, I still question (laughs) that. He seems to be doing fine. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so this is a nerd podcast, not a you and me catch up (laughs) podcast, but, you know... Much to the listener's detriment. I mean... We are very interesting people. Fuck yes, we are. Like, <laughs> shit. We charming as fuck. Like... Um, so, do you, like, is there an established topic, or... Nah. What do you want to talk about? We watched some comic book movies today. You're a Green did. Lantern fr- fan, Fran. Well, okay, I was a Green Lantern fan up until New 52, and then I never read another DC book again. Okay. So... <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. I came in after... Oh, that! You're going to read Wonder Woman Dead Earth while you're visiting yes. me. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited. Yes, because I lent that to you. And yes, I, and my ex stole that copy. Yeah. And I still... I never got to read it. It's okay. I bought a collected version. Cool. And it's also on that shelf. I'm sure I'll find it. Yeah. I don't know. I have all my DC books on top in alphabetical order. I used to have them kind of organized by shape. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... And I could still find stuff because I remembered yeah. approximately where yeah. I, like I put the book. And it's not like a huge shelf. No, I mean I do have three shelves. Yeah, but like um, three shelving units, not three shelves. <laughs> but yeah, um, I did decide to finally organize them by publisher and then alphabetically within. So now I just have to remember where I put publishers. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a burden. 
and I have a miscellaneous shelf of books that too big to fit on other shelves. So that's you have to have one of those. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yes. So Green Lantern, you were a fan until New Fifty Two. Yes. What are your feelings on New Fifty Two? Um, I just couldn't get into it. It really pissed me off. I definitely get the general feeling that after the because it was I, the last thing I read before New Fifty Two was Brightest Day. And so they had done this huge crossover event with Darkest Night and Brightest Day that was like Green Lantern centric. And mm. all of, basically all the other heroes died and then got resurrected and it was a whole thing. So I understand them feeling like, oh, the continuity's gotten too complicated again. We tried to solve this with cr- the crises. And then, <laughs> so I get them wanting to kind of streamline things, but the way that they just decided, now we're resetting to square one. Fuck you was maybe if they had decided to do something more interesting. Mm-hmm. Which, as usual, the internet was a font of creative energy after they found out how bland New 52 was going to be. Fair. Um, you had all these you know, proposals for, what if you did this with the heroes? What if you, you know, turned them all into legacy positions and had a new Justice League taking up the mantle and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, like they hint out all the fucking time with, like, yeah. Young Justice and shit yeah. and then rotating. Whatever, it's fine. We're not going to get into that. Um... But yeah, it was just, I felt slighted a little bit. Mm. And then I, was, I also moved to Russia that same summer. Yeah, that... Um, or no, New 52 was after I came back. Yeah, It's hard to remember. It was, because New 52 happened, and then I moved to Russia again after that. Yeah. Yeah, because it was in like 2012. Yeah. Like 2011 or 2012. Because you studied abroad for a year. Yeah, so I was gone then... for a year, and then I came back for a year, and then I was gone for a year. So like, yeah. I decided, ugh, I guess I'll pick it up later once... I figure out like what I actually want to read and then I moved to Russia for like four years and just yeah. never got back into it. That's fair. That's um, fair. I came back and started reading more like manga and that sort of thing. I've been reading the Witcher novels. Mm, good those choice. Those are really good. I read the, I'm reading the Witcher comics mm. um, and those are actually quite those good Those are supposed too. to be really good. Yes. Yes. And they're collecting that nice three quarter mm-hmm. Omni book. So I recommend that. Um, Actually, try to sell me on the idea of canon. Because, like, I don't read superheroes. Yeah. I don't like canon. I like when stories have their agreed-upon rules in their universes. Mm. And, like, they can be self-contained and believable. We talked about that a little bit in regards to, like, comic movies. Mm. But I'm so resistant to mainline Marvel or DC stories well, because they're like, what's up? Do you know anything about this obscure history? Like, bitch, no. So that's why I really liked the new 52 Wonder Woman because it was a starting point I could right. get into. Um, I like Wonder Woman Dead Earth because it was a standalone yeah, story. Yeah, which being introduced to Wonder Woman and other media, I was able to kind of jump in and understand. Mm-hmm. So sell me on the importance of canon. Um, I can't because canon is... It's only useful for, for certain things. So okay. The main idea of canon has more to do with the reality of the comic book publishing industry than what makes for exciting storytelling mm. for readers. Um, because canon exists so that writers have a point of reference, they kind of know how things stand, and they can riff off of that. For a lot of superheroes, they're now well-known enough, at least to their fans that you don't really need it. You can tell stories that are more divorced from an overall continuum just yeah. to explore interesting facets of that character or that situation. Yeah. I think at the on that same note, though, like even the non-well-known characters, like I'm going to throw out Question and Katana. Like, okay. Um, or <laughs> Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> like you could even write non-canonical stories for mm-hmm. them because no one... And I mean that in the loosest interpretation of the word no one, because I know there are some people out there um, who are like fucking Captain Boomerang's top shit. I know yeah. every fact about him, which power to you. Like, I, I don't think that guy exists. But. If you do, <laughs> find me. Yeah. Call me <laughs> if you do. I, I would just, like to have a conversation. I just want to know you're there. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. Um, so... But, like, I still feel like you can just kind of introduce stories about him every once in a while, and they can be whatever the fuck you want them to be, because Captain Boomerang has not made such a significant impact on the general zeitgeist. Yeah, it's not something like Superman, where people have a lot of preconceived notions of what he's supposed to be. Right. Um, And that's the other function of canon, is Mm. to moderate people's expectations 
So if you have an established canon for these are things that have happened to Superman, these are things that cannot possibly happen to Superman, then you offend the least possible number of people with your interpretations of Superman, which does often make for boring storytelling. I think you could still have that, though, and like not have to worry about like the fact that some character was born from an egg from Mephisto or whatever the yeah. fuck, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, mm. I, I think that's called a, a uh, what what's the word? Trope? <laughs> like, yeah. A stereotype of sorts. <laughs> when you also like, I definitely appreciate types of storytelling where if a character has, say, multiple origin stories over the years mm-hmm. that have been retconned and retconned and retconned again, having it be up for grabs, kind of in the setting. Some people say this, some people say this, no one's really sure. That can add mystique and it can add complexity. Oh, that's what I like about Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, because every time he tells that story, it's it's different. different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single time, it's a manipulation. Yeah, it's to get a point and reflect on the target of the story. Yeah. So yeah, it has more to do with the person he's talking to than with yeah. himself. I really love the fact for someone, like, I'm not a DC reader, mm-hmm. and I say that, but if you look at my Marvel shelf, which is at the bottom left there, mm-hmm. only it takes up one, like, half of a little cube, and then my DC's across two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of that DC stuff is the Fables compendium one and two, so, like, that which takes a page chunk. Yeah. But, like... I can't. I can't lie to myself and be like, "Yeah, I'm not a DC reader." <laughs> and I can't. DC owns so many interesting properties. That's true. All of the Vertigo properties. Mm. DC. They also have the fucking Flintstones, which, by the way, that Flintstones volume one and two. Ooh, those are so good. <laughs> that is the one exception to going gritty. I said earlier tonight we were watching Birds of Prey. See, going gritty never works because I want superhero for- stories to be fun and fantastic. The Flintstones going gritty, phenomenal. Yeah. Because it's so unexpected tone-wise. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is going to be silly, and then it's serious. Yeah. And you just, you know, you got to put a pillow over your lap. Yeah. Thing. It, um, we were talking about that with Shazam also, and then it was, like, not even hard to go gritty because he just fucking tosses a dude over the out yeah. of the window, and you're like... But the grit I, doesn't affect those, Billy Batson slash Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because he's a child. Yeah. He has to keep that sense of whimsy and fun. Yes. And they and do a, keep and that irreverence. Good, they do keep that good balance. Anyway, that's me just going on record also saying, like, I'm more of a DC reader than I care to admit. <laughs> I did buy two Marvel trades today. Fun. Yeah. Um, the Jane Foster Thor. Okay. The Mighty Thor Volume 1 and 2, which... I think we've done an episode on already and I, but I'm also in a book club with some friends mm-hmm. and we were going to read that and I just didn't have it in trades. I had it in singles. Um, and I don't like rereading my singles. You gotta keep them pretty. That's as close to a collector as I'll get. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly I don't like reading them again because like you, you have to them. take them out of the bags and boards. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just uh, so many steps. So many I've steps. definitely seen people who read single issues and don't bag and board them and it makes yeah. me feel like washing my hands a little bit that's fair i need to buy like, some bags what and boards. else aren't you doing around the house <laughs> fair if you're not protecting your comic books you know you can order bags and boards already assembled yeah and i thought about doing that not because like i necessarily read that much but just because like the act of bagging and boarding is so boring. <laughs> oh, see, I love organizing my comic books. I never said I dislike it. I just really like the act. I dislike the act of putting the boards in the bags. Oh, yeah, that can be a little tedious, especially because the boards aren't always cut super evenly. Mm-hmm. And just, you have to put them the right way because yeah. if you put, ooh, comic book care tip. If you are bagging and boarding, put the dry, rougher side away from the comic because that side can absorb the like ink and yeah, shit off, off your cover. comic. So make sure the slippery I wanna say wet, but it's, it's not it's wet. Wax. Wax. Actually. Okay, that's the word. Um that side is the one that needs to be touching the yeah. comic. Or I guess anymore they might be impregnated with plastic, but they mm. used to be wax board. Impregnated. <laughs> like Jess. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe not at the time of this episode. Who the fuck knows? She messaged me a couple, like, hours ago, and I was like, I could pop at any minute. And I was like, great! <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do! <laughs> I'll figure it out. 
I mean, I feel like that's a switch you can unflip, though. Like, you can no that's longer fair. be pregnant, but you can no longer have... You can't no longer have been impregnated. Mm. Once that happens, it's always happened. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> the semantics of pregnancy. Mm. <laughs> the subtopic of this entire yeah. next, uh, fucking Next podcast. episode, you'll have to have a philosopher oh as a guest God, to yeah. talk about... Are you still impregnated once you've had the baby? Hmm. <laughs> it depends on how you define having been impregnated. I know um, enough philosophers. I'm done. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, that, was, that was facetious. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Um, um, but back to bagging and boarding. Yeah. I actually came into some free bags and boards Ooh. last year because I work at a library. People donate comic books. Yeah. And um, someone donated the leftover pickings of a rather large collection they had obviously taken out anything that was worth money yes and donated the rest of the library yeah uh, which we always appreciate and so basically what i did was they asked me to go through them and i set aside the ones that might be worth a little bit of money in the used bookstore attached to the library yeah so like some 90s x-men with Mm -hmm. foil covers that kind of stuff like oh you could get 10 bucks for that easy yeah or you know five dollars depending on what it is whatever yeah and then the rest of it was just like oh well we're gonna slap a bunch of labels on these and throw them up in the the young adult section for grubby little hands to paw grubby grubby um that stresses me out working in the shop oh dude it was it was hard to do yeah oh i get Um, it i had to be ruthless but when we had unbagged all of these comics that were going upstairs for public use and eventual destruction, we didn't have anything to do with all the bags and boards. So they're like, do you want these? Yeah, sure. Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> and now I can go back and uh, re-bag some comics I had when I was like a kid that were double bagged. Ooh, yeah. So grubby hands on comics. Mm-hmm. All right. I felt like such a nitpicky ass when I did this, but mm-hmm. like... The person who actually reads their comics yes. might not always get this because collectors and people who read comics can sometimes not overlap. <laughs> yeah. Or you get the people who buy two or three copies so that they have a mint copy and then one that yeah. they can read. So working in the shop, when I would go talk to people on the floor, um, we had those like old Hastings racks. Mm-hmm. So they had the high side or, and then, it, but it would hold the books in place nightly. Yeah. Nicely <laughs> and nightly. They didn't like let it go yeah. overnight. Um, At night, the comics are free. Anyway, people would be like looking through comics mm-hmm. and they would bend them forward. Yeah. And so you just see the little nick in the spine and it was never dramatic where it was like a color break or anything like that, but you just see the little crease in the spine. And I was like, you just made three comics fucking worthless because we do like at the shop, we had a majority of, I'm going to say collectors, not, uh, like variant covers and stuff. Yeah. Or even just like single issues and shit. But I'm like, Thanks for... F- and it was, like, comics who didn't already sell. Because if we had backstock of shit, it wasn't going anywhere. I'm sorry. That's just how it is in the comics industry. It's yeah. not going anywhere until I slap a dollar sticker on it. And someone's like, ooh, dollar comics. Um, and then buys, like, boxes and boxes. Because we have a buy two, get one free sale or some shit. Yeah. Anyway. Beside the point. <laughs> it's just watching that happen. And I'd have to go, please don't do that. That's... <laughs> um. Could you not bend the books? They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, that um, people won't buy them if you bend them. <laughs> They're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. And I'm like, I know. That's why I wanted to ask you to not do that. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I try to say it nicely, but I think people could see the legitimate panic in my face. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, we just lost $17 of product, which with tight margins, profit margins, that was significant. Yeah. That's just how it be in the comic world. Yeah. I'd love, I don't know. It's, it's a sad, <laughs> sad place sometimes. Yeah. I still, I still do have fond memories, though, going with my dad to our local comic store. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, at the time, it was Ralph's Comics in Ventura. I like that name. Um, it's no longer Ralph's Comics. He got bought out by the guy who had been renting the adjacent space. Yeah. Seth. So it was Ralph's Comics on one side, Seth's Games and Anime on the other side. Now it's just and all then, Seth's. Yeah, Games and Anime took off, and Seth bought out Ralph. So now it's just Seth's. Did he drop little... Games and Anime? Uh, I think it still is called that. Oh, okay, because it would be um, cool if it was just Seth's. And then you're like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck go Seth sells. And, um, yeah, what, talk about an adventure. If you just, the store is just somebody's name, and you're like, what is it? But they used to put out the discount 
long boxes on like this big long table down the middle of the store. Mm-hmm. So they have long boxes full of quarter comics. Ooh, yeah. So my dad and I would go on quarter comic day, which was usually free comic day. Mm-hmm. So we'd get a bunch of like free stuff. The little, you know, like 16 page. Yes. Please buy our comic comics. Here's our concept. Yeah. The amount of people who nab it, like <laughs> not even the amount of people who nab it from the store, but like the amount of stores who nab it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, actually, I got some really good stuff. Like we had a great time and we'd always come back with big, you know, mm-hmm. bundles of comics and uh, all, pretty much all of my Dark Horse Aliens collection, which I have a sizable number of, were all from Quarter Comic Day because like people weren't buying them for some reason. They were great. I wonder if, if they have value read, now since Marvel owns it. Maybe. If, if you've never read the like 90s, the like 80s and 90s runs that Dark Horse did, so they did like Aliens, Colonial Marines, mm-hmm. um, Aliens Rogue, like all of those, they're really good. Yeah, I wonder if they would make a comeback with all the Aliens games too. Maybe, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I heard we're getting an Aliens TV show, which I don't know how I feel about. I am excited about the opportunity to have bad nerdy sci-fi back you know like yeah i I saw somebody's opinion on teen titans go right and they were like i was totally one of the first people who was like teen titan teen titans go is like a fucking insult to teen titans fan Mm -hmm. because i was young and or younger and i was trying to hold on to some aspect of my childhood and just replaced the wildly popular teen titans yes and it was just a very significant change (laughs) like Hard to follow, yeah. right? Because all of a sudden, I'm not the target audience, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's even like, younger, it has simpler animation, yeah. a lot more sight gags. And you're like, I don't like this growing up pain, you know, it's just yeah. it, all kinds of sucky. And so this person who was writing this opinion piece was like, yeah, I totally was in that camp too. And then I was watching my kid watch it, and they were enjoying it, and it dawned on me that, like, despite the fact that it still had poor storytelling and whatnot... Mm. We're now in an era where my kid is engaging with shitty versions of nerdy things that I love, and it's acceptable. Like, it's not just the Super Mario movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A classic of cinema. Just fucking peak cinema right there. Mario Kino. Yeah, really pushing fucking limits (laughs) right there. So instead of that, where they're trying to be like, oh, can we make a gritty (laughs) Super Mario Brothers? It's like, here's some goofy ass fluffy shit and we're going to slap Teen Titans on it. And guess what? Everyone loves it because everyone knows what Teen Titans is. And we're not trying to get people to even acknowledge that they exist anymore. And I was like, that's fucking right. You're right. You can have shit version of nerd media. And it's loved. And I was like, you know what? You sold me on that. That's something that I think nerds in general... A lot of fandoms and various groups that share a common interest, something that people need to learn in general, but nerds especially, because we're very territorial about the things we love, mm-hmm. is it is perfectly okay to perceive a piece of media and go, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. So Teen Titans go, that's not for me. It was never intended to be for me. Titans is intended for us, though. Yes. It's pretty good, honestly. It is. I'm, it's much better than things like, you know, say, <laughs> Arrow. <clears throat> oh, my God. What? Oh, I hate I hate Arrow with a burning passion. I, um, <laughs> I just remembered when they were trying to... So, like, there... A lot of people talk about how Marvel can't seem to sync up, like, comic releases with movie releases or whatever. Yeah. And so I remember when Arrow, they were trying to do that. And yeah. so they had all those, like, green Arrow... Arrow covers and they were weird covers because it was stock TV photos yep. and like didn't quite like out of the out of the kids read along yeah picture novelization yeah so it was a uh... big letters like Oliver Queen Oliver sits at his desk <laughs> so it was just like they tried and I don't think it did anything but Green Arrow might have been a harder sale. See, that I don't... I feel like Green Arrow is honestly, if anyone working in the comics industry had their finger on the pulse of the youth at all... The youth. Green Arrow is primed for a comeback. If you read his back catalog, he's staunchly anti-capitalist, anti-corruption, a hero of the people. He had that that buddy cop series, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, where Mm. they would go around the countryside solving everyday problems because... It was their responsibility as people with abilities. Fucking civic responsibilities. Oh, shit. You know, I'm going to say this. 
DC would never let that happen. No. Because that would, would also imply some self-reflection on... Yeah. <laughs> they would have to sit in the corner and think about what they've done. Yeah, they would have to hire a writer to critique them Yeah, again. that's not going to happen. Yeah. But that's why, like, I feel Arrow is very poorly served by being a CW tween drama. Yes. Because Oliver Queen is a self-proclaimed Marxist with lots of very strong opinions about things. Legends of the Future or whatever. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends that show of... had a lot of promise. I, I didn't did. keep up with it. I saw the first few episodes. But that was like a CW drama too, and I don't yeah. think it really did that any service. Um, and did, Flash was also not. I did like Brandon Ralph. I like that they, they scooped him up. I have very few qualms with their casting. It's yeah. just their execution and their... Yeah, yeah, that, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean... But as comic book fans, we get used to saying, eh, that's too bad. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And as uh, maybe comic book fans who can appreciate things, we also are like, it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of, <laughs> like, I'm going to prioritize things I do enjoy. This is aimed at someone else. Yeah, I was like, this is not, I'm not the target audience. You know, another, like, media IP, that's the word I'm looking for, letters, okay. um, that needs more people to go, it's not for me. My Little Pony. And that's oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's it. That's the tweet. That's it. Oh, God. Yeah. I just... I, I'm still, like, haunted by when that was a thing. I don't know why. I don't think it has that near, like, impact anymore. And for the people who do appreciate it and have stuck with it, like, fuck yes. But I still just remember when that was a nightmare. Yeah. Well, it's just... I had friends. Grown adults. Yeah. And I, I get it. Because I get like it's I, fluffy. It's I like Adventure Time. Yeah, you know? it's it, just because a piece of media is intended for children doesn't mean it's only for children. Yeah, you know, Owl House intended for children. Great. Delightful. Lots of excellent representation. Yes. So it, it not to say that children's media is not necessarily for adults. I think most adults would. Admittedly, My Little Pony also does have some like good ideas about friendship yeah. and problem solving and stuff well, and like, like being kind. The, the world would probably be a better place if more adults were more willing to consume children's media because it's 100%. not... 100%. Sure, it's not going to be intellectually stimulating for you. No. But sometimes you need... It's heartwarming. You, yeah. you need to be reminded that people can be good yeah. and there are things to strive for other than your base survival. Or like... <laughs> Even little check-ins on, like, are you being just rude to everybody? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but, yes. like, when it got, like, hella toxic, though. Like, I'm still scarred about that. Yeah. And that was, fuck, a decade plus ago. Yeah, well, like, like I said, I had grown-ass adult friends who were dangerously into My Little Pony. Like... Mm. I had friends like, who got into the trading cards. FBI watch list levels of Into My Little Pony, and I do not understand it. I just don't think I liked all the reports of the people who bullied actual children, you know, yeah. and bullied other members. Like, that just did not yeah. sit well with me. And so seeing trends of that with, like, that level of gatekeeping and shit, where they're just, like, bullying new people or bullying, like... Mm-hmm. older readers who just are into different shit i just i don't like it i don't like it it's no like why do you care that much well, and that's something that you notice with a lot of um this is something that has been a, a major component of like queer discourse over the last year okay with the recent resurgence of like virulent transphobia from within the lgbt community or lgb community i guess if they're excluding trans people where you have people who should fucking know better you were shunned. You were kicked out of your house. You yeah. were a pariah at school. You know what it's like to be excluded. You know what it's like to have no one in the world love you or want you to be around. Why on earth, now that you find a place of acceptance, why on earth would you turn around and do that to somebody else? You can say that about a lot of groups and a lot of disenfranchised groups with other disenfranchised groups. It's disgusting still. Like, I'm not... But that is and a... you see that in the comic community as well. You yeah. Know, people who were beat up at school for reading comic books, who were called names, who didn't have any friends, especially those of us who were nerds before the days of the internet. Yeah. And then now that comic books are more mainstream, everybody goes to see Marvel movies, they turn around and go, eh, you're fake nerds. You don't know what it's like. You know what's really fucking cool? Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so that's so fucking. <laughs> We're cool. mainstream now. We made it. So like, you know, reading and learning disorders still exist. Yes. And 
Boy, do they. <laughs> Weird. So, uh, dysgraphia, where, yes. you know, sum it up to people who not might not know, it's, it's one where, like, comprehending languages, like written language, is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Both, I think, replicating it and reading it. It's been shown that board games that are not luck or chance based so like not dice games Mm -hmm. can really improve comprehension skills and really combat a lot of the challenges around that it's fucking amazing so everybody the ability to process that information in different parts yeah so like magic the gathering pokemon Mm -hmm. even war games and other kind of board games great for that uh dragon ball z is not a board game dungeons and dragons is the game (laughs) they i would play dungeons and dragon ball z though fuck yes Oh my god. Dungeons and Dragons like uh is really great for learning and practicing social skills and is being used in a therapeutic setting. I think a lot of people know that and D and D has like fucking exploded yes. over the last seven years. Five E has really resurrected it. People Excellent. can hate on Five E. Yeah. Let's embrace it. People are teaching their kids how to read using comic books and Pokemon cards yeah. and Pokemon video games. Because there's shit. lots of supporting structure other yeah. than the linguistic structure to help them also, understand and remember. They are have been persistently like subtly woven into culture and also our generation that grew up on it is not having kids yeah. and raising kids and have those like aged kids and so it's just we're passing on transitions and we should or traditions not transitions and we should be fucking bumped because it's yeah. like shit our survival our like like cool shit is being passed on to newer generations and that is so fucking cool because that means the industries will be sustained and with also like improving morals when it comes to inclusionary shit mm-hmm. it just means it's gonna hopefully get better and better and we should all fuck and embrace that like yeah one and like you said they are alternative media other than just books as much as i love books i fucking love a good prose yeah um it can really help with comprehension especially with language learners mm-hmm. having the extra for comic books having extra visual cues mm-hmm. having that sense of pacing having that sense of action helps mm-hmm. you kind of process things in a different way i think it's like learning a second language yeah, almost very because, much so which so it really impacts that empathy which, and problem solving skill sets yeah no yeah. Ha- having flashbacks of reading warhammer 40k comics badly translated into russian in an attempt to get better at russian i tried reading a warhammer 40k comic and i was like what in the absolute fuck <laughs> is See, happening the, the warhammer fandom is so insular that they fully have taken to heart my maxim, which is exposition is boring and stupid, and you should just show us what's happening. So show, don't tell. They don't bother to explain anything, really. You just open up the comic book, and it's dudes who are only being kept alive by their giant robot suits fighting demons. There's some of that that I can explain, but it's the, like, thorough jargon. The fact that oh, somebody yes. could have an entire paragraph that's all jargon, which, sure, you could easily replace, like, with group A, group B, or whatever. Yeah, well, like, psychers are easy like. enough to, to figure out, but if they don't explain to you what a gene stealer is, you're like, what? Are, what is even happening? Yeah, I mean, I could replace with different yeah. groups and make the context, but it still doesn't mean anything about, like, what is the... What is the thing? What does it mean to have somebody steal your genes versus somebody read your mind? Like, why am I supposed to care who Agron is? What's happening? What's the ethical dilemma here? (laughs) There's no even just context within it, and um, which is really disappointing because I think the book I had had some like really known names. Like, I really had enjoyed their writing, and I was like cool this is a way for me to get warhammer because like that was a thing for y'all and like i was like great maybe i can get it and then i picked it up i was like i don't know what the fuck is happening (laughs) i just put it down the easiest way especially with 40k the easiest way to get into it is just have the wiki open uh yeah that was still too much effort (laughs) like like, i'll be frank that was just that was Uh, too much start with the novels um Um, gaunt's ghost is good it's a whole series of novels mm -hmm. that like do a good job of explaining it but in media rest so like you're still getting action and exposition and characters you can identify with but like there you're also finding out about the way the world works i'm not entirely sure it's a level of sci-fi that i really like appreciate it, yeah it's heavily 80s in a lot of ways yeah we read um the on Basilisk station honor harrington oh okay yeah yeah honor harrington is a whole thing yeah and we read one of those books and we 
so we talked about Honor Harrington versus like Ender's Game, mm-hmm. and you know we just kind of glossed over the fact that Orson Scott Card is who he is. <laughs> yeah, death of the author is usually yes. when we start touching on books written by people who are just like death of the author, yeah. like that's it. Yeah. So w- the way we talked about it, I felt like Honor Harrington kind of like Honor Harrington and Ender's Game were kind of like the same thing, mm-hmm. but. Ender's game focused less on the how does one explain how a ship's engine works yeah, and more on the psychological warfare that Ender was learning and participating yes. in, whereas Honor Harrington and, was much more... And the more, effects on the children of that warfare. Yes. Which is surprisingly empathetic for the person Everything who else he wrote. Is. Same with xenophobia, too, like that. Which is crazy, because yeah. like, the entire moral of Ender's game is that war crimes are war crimes... Yes, and they're and it doesn't matter what side you're on. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah, fucking mind blowing. When I found out more about him, I was yeah. like, can I just ignore everything about him and just have Speaker for the Dead and <laughs> like Ender's Game as my like only two books yeah. he ever wrote? Like shit. Anyway, yeah, Honor Harrington read more like a fucking science manual compared yeah. to Ender's Game, and it was just well, like that, that's a whole thing with like quote-unquote hard sci-fi is if you can't explain how the tech works then you're soft sci-fi okay like this goes back to our conversation from the other day if you're not knowledgeable enough to explain how something works in a believable manner don't do it hand wave it yeah name your weird macguffin technology name it something memorable refer to it when necessary do not explain to the reader how it works unless you have a well-developed system in mind. So that explains so much. Like, I feel like we could now start saying like hard canon versus soft canon. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's, but... I read, a, well, I tried to read a series of books. They were miscataloged. They should have been in the YA section. Mm. Not a diss to YA literature, but they definitely, they were cataloged as sci-fi and the cover looked interesting. So I checked it out. We got it into the library new. It was, um, I think the first book was called Sleeping Giants. Basically, the story is... Nabbing title. A, uh, this girl, when she's you know, a little girl, finds an alien artifact in the forest as a child. It's mm-hmm. a giant robot hand. Ooh. And then as an adult, she's a scientist. And so there's these parallel narratives of her leading the science expeditions to find the other parts of this robot and assemble it. And then, like, you know, the story of her finding the hand to begin with. And there were two major conceits that were like, ooh, humans shouldn't be able to interpret alien technology because it's bizarre from space. So there are two things, there are two conceits were that the aliens had backwards knees, which was conveniently solved by one of the main characters getting into a car accident and getting backwards knee legs made by the government or some shit. It was really bad. I don't like that. And then the other thing was that the aliens counted in base eight, and this was held up as a major stoppage to their work. This was a, this was a, an impediment. And so what they were, but like humans have, yeah, we have different cultures. It has a name and you just type, like you can literally Google decimal to octal converter and they'll, pop up a little box and you put in whatever number you want and it spits it out. So instead, it was a major plot point in this book that they had to find a world-class theoretical mathematician because only he had the advanced brains required to convert octal to decimal on the fly. I also love the idea that advanced brains is a thing, like just because you pursue school more. On what planet would the piloting of a mech involve math? Having to, like... Having to know Octal really good. Yeah, that's... that's it took like... me completely out of the book. I finished it out of spite, and I hated... <laughs> this was like two-thirds of the way through the book. I hated it. Uh, let's see. The Themis Files? Yes. Gosh, when? The author's name is Sylvain Noel, and he yeah. should feel bad. If Where... you're in California, Sylvain, fucking fight me. Fucking... Oh my god, it was published <laughs> in 2016. Yes. Oh my god. You know what? It's an attempt. <laughs> like, it was a book in that it had pages with words on them. <laughs> I really love your criticism. <laughs> I need you, like, I need us to criticize comics more. Uh, if like, I had known I was going to be on the show, I would have, like, read up on some series that I like. One of the walkaways we can have from this, which we didn't even talk about, is how you and I both need to read Far Sector. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
everything I've heard about it is amazing, and I yeah. just keep not remembering to go get it. One of one of the uh, comic burrito boys is all about that. Oh, speaking of, I owe somebody a shout out real quick. Okay. Um. So in our God Country episode, we did shout outs to people who were like had read God Country and enjoyed it, and um. I totally like talked about the people who submitted feedback. I forgot to give a shout out to comic book keepers. Yeah, like that was really, really shitty of me. Comic book keepers has been one of those amazing podcasts that have really tried to give back to the podcasting communities, especially on Twitter. Again, thank you for participating with us and doing that. Uh, Lance, you're amazing for supporting us and just everything you do for the community. Anyway, I have been a guest on their show. It was a lot of fun. We talked about Constantine. They really do a lot of exploring different comics and characters and series and you can find them on facebook at cbk cast they're really great hit them up anyway that was my shout out thank you well we have talked a lot and it's been wonderful so we might have to wrap this up and then we can totally continue it off mic and then no one else will know what else we say oh they're definitely gonna know that i'm gonna be talking about how much everyone should read ursula k Le Guin. oh yes we did an episode on one of her books which one? Oh, fuck. Tombs of Adawan. Ooh. Yeah. I actually just, for the first time, somehow I missed it when I was in high school, when I had my Le Guin phase. Mm-hmm. I read Left Hand of Darkness last year. Really? It was really interesting because it was a book that I picked up right before my mom died. And so I read it sitting on my mom's side of the bed so that there would be a person there if my dad woke up in the middle of the night and was upset. So I was just sitting there reading Left Hand of Darkness. I mean, I know this gets thrown around a lot. She was really ahead of her time. I think so as Like, it's well. literally an entire book about how gender roles are bullshit and entirely fabricated. That's and it's amazing. from, like, the 70s. It's amazing. She's definitely somebody I need to revisit. But, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope we caused emotional reaction <laughs> thanks for joining i'm really glad you're here i hope yeah. you like my friend alex and alex i'm really glad you're here this is just this was fun rejuvenating anyway thanks for being here yeah you and i will continue having an evening and for everybody else listening i'll see you next time so bye, bye. as is the british way i don't yeah. really know i'm so sorry to any british listeners i'm not oh well, I Great have Britain to... should sink into the ocean. We'd all be better off. <laughs> <laughs> the shock on my face. I mean... <laughs>